Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop. We got a little story for you, Ags. Shannon Badger is class of 2006 and is the managing partner of Badger CPA, a forward-thinking and just flat-out cool accounting firm headquartered in San Antonio, Texas. Badger CPA is a recent Aggie 100 winner that has built a reputation on empowering entrepreneurs so that they can do what they do best. So pass it back and listen up to Shannon as she shares some good bull. Welcome back, Ags. We have got one of the best Aggie entrepreneurs, one that I've been so excited to actually get onto Aggie Growth Hacks. Shannon Badger is the managing partner of Badger CPA. And originally, we, uh, I guess maybe we were a little ambitious and we thought that, sure, let's schedule this during tax season. But Shannon's like, hell no, guys, that's not going to work. So (laughs) congratulations on surviving another year of tax season. Um, But Shannon, seriously, thank you for joining us. Thank you for for being willing to share your story and to talk and brag on you and your team. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you all having me. Looking forward to it. Well, um, I think we first got connected um, when you had received your Aggie 100 win um, for mm-hmm. last year. So congratulations on that. I can't wait to see actually as we're recording it today. I think today is the deadline to submit for next year's Aggie 100 winner. Mm-hmm. So hope to see you in the fall. Um, but when you come back to A&M, we obviously love being on campus. We love being students, but we're not students now. But what mm-hmm. do you miss about not being a student at A&M? Well, that's a great question. I um, I think what I miss the most really are just the relationships and the friendships. I I met uh, my three best friends all at A&M. I met my husband at A&M. And so just that time in your life when you have lots of time to invest into meaningful relationships. And I think sometimes that feels like it gets a little bit harder the older you get when you have more obligations and kids and work and all those other things. So I think it's just a really great time in life to pour into those meaningful relationships. And now we're kind of all spread out. Uh, my friends are all in you know, Austin, uh, Corpus, Houston, you know, so it's just that that season where you get just all that time together. So that's probably what I miss the most. Love it. You know, one of my favorite things that I enjoy about Aggie Growth Hacks is learning what the entrepreneurial journey is for each of the entrepreneurs that come on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and how really that you started Badger CPA and why? Why did you start that? This is coming um, from a guy that proclaims to to not love accounting. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> right. Like yes. if I love entrepreneurialism, I think it's like, you know, the accounting part is maybe the product, but it's you know, the fundamentals of just running a company, I think is really exciting and and starting a business from scratch. Uh, It was actually my husband, Jonathan's idea. So he's extremely entrepreneurial. It's how his mind works. And um, we're about to have our third child and and our kids were really little. And I was uh, working full time at a company that I loved. Uh, I loved my job. I was an accounting manager, I'm an energy company. And it was just a season where I wanted more flexibility in my schedule and I missed client service and public accounting. And so I had a few small clients that I was working with uh, after I left that job, maybe like three. And I was their uh, fractional controllers, kind of what we call it. But, you know, you're a controller maybe on a 
reduced basis because not all companies need a full time. And so I was, I was doing that. And, uh, you know, the kids were in Mother's Day out kind of thing. And uh, Jonathan was a CFO for energy company. And then uh, that company actually got caught up in the uh, oil downturn in 2014. That was pretty drastic. And so um, he was needing to make a career change the beginning of 2015. And I was loving the type of work I was doing. And so we just decided in 2015 that as a family, we were going to kind of put up our own shingle. And I still remember, we still have it. We sent our family and friends this like form letter with our uh, Christmas card in 2014. That was like, you know, January of 15, we're officially starting, you know, our own company, anything you need. I mean, it was like business bookkeeping, tax preparation, like anything anybody needed, we would help with. And so uh, that was kind of how it started in, in 2015. So yeah, it was, it was great. I, I don't know that I would recommend like both leaving uh, jobs and just jumping in like that, but that's what we did. And um, it was definitely a wild ride like that first year, but it was, it was really a wonderful adventure. So we're glad we did it. That is so cool. So did you meet at A&M in like accounting classes or is that? We you did. Know? We were both in the professional program there. Um, Jonathan and I were in the same uh, group and we actually met at an Ernst & Young intern event that they had. That's where we met. And then we were, you know, in grad school there together. And so then we moved to Houston after we graduated and got married a few years later. Well, I want to dig in a little bit because I, I work with a lot of CPAs and that industry is just evolving and changing so rapidly. Changing I mean, mm -hmm. from from the the capabilities of technology to what clients are demanding of you, mm -hmm. and to be able to to morph into very much more of that fractional. I think you said fractional consultant, fractional mm -hmm. CFO. You know, mm -hmm. much more than here's your tax. You are compliant with the tax code. You know, good yes. luck. See you next year. But it sounds like that that's the type. That's the part of the business that you really love is there it any is. type of industry that you that gets a lot of value out of you and that you really love serving yes so i think we kind of stumbled on it by accident honestly a lot of cpa firms so like traditional model at the time um this is about eight eight nine years ago was um tax compliance and planning and then uh, a lot of firms had what they called business services which was essentially um your bookkeeping team that was mostly doing transactional data for the purposes of preparing a tax return. And then you also had like your audit and insurance services. And so we were doing mostly small business consulting and we would do um, their bookkeeping and the transactional services. But then we were also starting to track like key performance indicators. We were doing people's like financial modeling and forecasting and a little bit more on the business consulting side. And I think because of John and my background, being more on the accounting and management and analysis side and not in tax. We just sort of did what we knew. Like it, we didn't know that it was any different really. And so just sort of found a, a small niche, you know, kind of by accident. And we had a handful of businesses that wanted us to just manage kind of their back office and then be their kind of trusted advisor all year. And then we would also do like their tax planning and compliance and so we were like, okay, we think we're kind of on to something here. And so now the way our business is structured is we actually provide full back office support all the way from staff accountant through CFO uh, to small businesses. And that's really our sweet spot. And so that's about 80% right now of our company is this full outsourced model. And what was really interesting is we started doing that and we had some colleagues um, that had other firms that were like, how are you guys like monetizing bookkeeping? Like, we don't really understand. And we're like, there's this group, especially like the younger entrepreneurs coming through that they only want to focus on operations of their company. They don't want to manage an accounting team. And so more and more entrepreneurs are seeing the value in carving out things mm -hmm. in the business that are not their 
primary focus. And so honestly, I think we stumbled into it by accident. We kind of discovered, wow, there's this need. It's also work that we love doing. Um, and we grew it from there. But COVID has really, you know, fuel on that fire because business owners before like, well, I really need my controller like in my building with me every day. They're realizing that they don't. And so it's really expanded our company's reach now. We have clients all over the United States and we also have team members all over too. And so it's kind of, you know, changed into more of a national focus where we can, I mean, we have clients in California, uh, Virginia, DC, you know, Florida, everywhere. So it's, it's really opened up a lot of options, which has been cool. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, so it sounds like you're more like an outsourced accounting department, full of mm-hmm, outsourced yeah. accounting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's and cool. there's actually there's a company called AccountingDepartment.com, which is they're great. They've been around forever, and so I feel like they started kind of doing this before we did. And then you'll see more and more pop up now. There's all sorts of like outsourced back office, you know, companies out there, and a lot of them aren't CPA firms. They just do outsourced accounting, and so um, it's picking up a lot of speed. And I think the CPA firm industry is having to shift a lot because business owners now are demanding a lot more consultative services in the business consulting realm versus just tax planning. I mean, they want both, but you know, if you're only purely doing taxes, I think business owners really are wanting that CPA to be engaged year round with their business consulting as well. I think that just working in that space and seeing that part of it, what I hear in your voice is that that's what you really are passionate about. That's what you love. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's also seeing, it's a magical moment when you can talk to an entrepreneur that may be focused on operations. Mm -hmm. And then you see a light bulb go off when you talk to them Mm -hmm. about something as nerdy as, you know, working capital management or, you know, all that stuff. But then to actually then see that, oh my, oh my gosh, that's why I have a pit in my stomach. Oh, okay. So that's gotta be so cool. Most entrepreneurs, when they're trying to hire their own controller accountant, I mean, they're really hiring for a skill set that they don't understand fully. Um, Some entrepreneurs have very strong finance and accounting backgrounds, but many don't. So the average entrepreneur starts, you know, an engineering company, let's say, because he's a wonderful engineer. And so if he's hiring for a controller, it's very hard. Like, how does he know if that person is doing it right? You know, it's, it's just sort of a like this big unknown. And so a lot of our clients too will have us help with their hiring process. So let's say they want to have an internal accountant, we'll help hire and oversee that person and just kind of function as their advisor throughout. And sometimes we have clients that outgrow us, um, you know, they're scaling really fast and it is time to hire a full-time controller and we'll help be a part of that process as well. Wow. That's pretty cool. So let me ask, what's the biggest challenge that you guys have been facing and how are you overcoming that? That's a good question. There's lots of challenges, honestly. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's lots of wonderful things too, but I I would say the um, just finding great team members is both an opportunity and a challenge for us right now. To be honest, Um, we have just we have amazing team members. We're very fortunate. Gosh, like our team's just awesome, and they're really on the front lines, like serving the clients on a daily basis. And so, I think just able to meet the client demands and make sure that we're adequately staffed so that we're not burning our existing team members out is a challenge. And then plus, you know, public accounting by nature is a high turnover industry. And so we're really trying to work to put measures in place to help make our firm a place, a great place to work. So it encourages people to stay. Um, like we manage overtime very closely. We don't work a ton of overtime. We are a faith-based company. So that's a big part of who we are. And we have, you know, a Bible study and we have a prayer team and we have a care team and we have a very aggressive giving strategy that our team members are part of. And so there are some things like that that make our firm really unique. And we like to just love on our team members and just be a part of their family and 
things like that. And so I think that's an opportunity and a challenge for us, frankly, is, you know, how can we make this a great place to work? I think that the old school mentality of like, you know, you're, you're lucky to have a job and you show up to work from nine to five. And I think that kind of prior way of thinking, honestly, is going to go by the wayside. And so I think it's really going to be a challenge for employers to say, you know, why would people want to work with you? And what are you providing that makes it a great place to work? And especially in a post-COVID environment, employees have reevaluated what's important to them and what matters. And so I think that it really is on the employer for us to say, okay, like great place where it's a win-win for everybody. We're providing great service to the clients, taking great care of our people, and it also works for the firm. And so it's that's a challenge that we're having right now is just navigating that new normal. But I think it's going to be great in the long term for everybody. I love that you you talked about having an aggressive giving strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've heard it phrased quite that way, <laughs> but Shannon, you said that you have teammates and clients all over the US. Mm-hmm. And so how do you how do you instill that closeness, that culture, the fact that an aggressive giving strategy is a benefit to someone mm-hmm. that's not here? I mean, uh, that's one thing it's that hard, entrepreneurs honestly. are having to deal with. I miss like, I miss face-to-face contact. Like I'm an extrovert. Like COVID was not fun for me. I did not like being home. We have an office in uh, Austin and also one in San Antonio. But now in the post-COVID world, like our team members love being home. They want to be there to take their kids to school and pick them up. And they want to be able to have flexibility to not be in the car all day and things like that. So we're like, okay, well, what does that look like to have a space for all of us to collaborate and still have relationships with each other um, while also having that balance of being home with our families? And Uh, What we're working through is, do we do maybe twice a year, we have um, everyone come in for an on-site training and we just kind of make it a fun thing we do a couple of times a year, like fly everyone in. This will be our first Christmas party um, in December. We're already planning for but we're going to be flying probably about 20 people in from all over the country. But we're also probably going to be exiting like one of our office spaces. So, you know, we're kind of joking. We're like, well, we're just reallocating budget from what used to be like brick and mortar to uh, travel and training. And so I think we just, we're trying to be creative with it. Um, I can't say that we've totally solved that issue yet. I think that we're actually feeling a little bit disconnected as a team, but we do Zoom like activities once a month too. Like we've done a cooking class. We've done a Zumba class. We've done like a virtual happy hour and sent everybody fajitas to their house, things like, I mean, we're trying to be creative with it, but this is not the same, like virtual will never be the same as in person. And so I think it's going to have to be like a both and solution. Well, as you're looking forward in the industry that you're in and how you're managing those employees, I mean, what are some things that you think that's going to really be radically different maybe in the next five or 10 years that you guys are preparing to capitalize on? I'm like so many things. Um, I think that automation is going to really be a huge disruptor in our industry. I mean, it really already is. But my my personal opinion is that a lot of compliance and transactional work over time will get automated away. We're already seeing a lot of that, you know, just tools and things that make it easier, like Intuit's QuickBooks Online product, for example, has rules and all these automation tools to make things easier. And so uh, my personal opinion is the business consulting piece and the advisory piece is going to have to be a huge part of our practice moving forward because over time, that transactional work uh, will not add the value that it does now. So right now, being able to close books like you know, you need somebody like a human that knows how to do that. But I don't know if you'll need that in five or 10 years. The other piece right now is we're really focused on clients that need accrual accounting or that have some kind of third party compliance need because that piece is harder to automate. So the primary industries we're really serving right now is 
we're heavy in construction, nonprofit, and then government contractors. We have lots of different types of clients outside of that, but those three are really our main. And we also actually have a lot of oil field service, but a lot of our clients have like third-party audits, DCAA compliance, uh, grant reporting. So things are a little bit more complicated that you can't really automate at this point. And so um, we're really trying to focus on industries that have just that higher end accounting need because I just, I don't think the rest of it will be there in five years. So, so we're really, and then also there's reporting tools and other really cool things that are coming out. So I think we're having to be really proactive, uh, making sure we're kind of on the front end of technology and just making sure we're providing the value. And so anytime what works now is not what will work in 10 years. So we're always kind of looking for how are we adding the most value to our clients? The nerd me wants to ask about your tech stack, your tech stack, but we'll, no, it's we'll fine. Go on. We'll go no, on. <laughs> well, and this might be helpful for other entrepreneurs. Honestly, there's some really cool reporting tools. So, like QuickBooks Online doesn't work for everybody. If you're a lot of like construction and stuff that has heavy job costing, like QuickBooks Online is I mm, like B plus. But the online version integrates with all sorts of stuff, like bill pay platforms. Like we use Bill.com. There's a Concur, which is a bill pay platform. There's all these different reporting tools that integrate like Fathom and Spotlight. And, and so there's really cool stuff out there that can actually analyze your data for you in real time. And then all the Microsoft Office suites now through Office 365, you get like free BI. And so if you can have uh, somebody like us help you build out like your dashboard, for example, the business owner can see every day, like the main things that they need to be seeing. And so it's like, how can we leverage technology where that business owner feels like they're not flying blind and they have access to the data they need you know, in real time. And so technology just keeps, I mean, making it easier and easier, which is awesome, but you still now probably need to hire somebody like us that knows how to do it. Um, so you're but over time, Jarvis. I think they're going to make it easier where you're not going to have to be a CPA to figure out how, you know, so that's what we need to be ready for. Yeah. I think you're building Jarvis. So they're entrepreneurs are a bunch of Ironmen flying around and you're just helping them build out the, the tech stack. Oh, awesome. to help them. I love entrepreneurs. Like they're my favorite. Like our clients are just the most fun people. And I think it's very rewarding. Like, you know, we try to help our team connect their why sometimes. And, you know, we'll have a client that maybe went from a 1 million company to like a $20 million company three years or something like that. And trying to encourage the team, how they were a really huge part of that because businesses can't grow and scale if they don't have good data and they don't have somebody helping them understand their numbers. And how are we going to allocate payroll? How can I see what divisions or what business lines are working or I don't know, forecasting cash and all these other things. And so I think sometimes accounting can feel like a grind, like it's a hard job and a lot of work. And so it starts to feel kind of mundane. I think if you don't remember like the why you're doing it um, is really to support like this business owner with making business decisions. And it's actually improving like his ability to spend time with his family or her family, you know, given their community, hire more people. And so um, our mission as a company is to improve communities uh, through helping businesses be successful. And so that's how we feel like we can impact like the communities that we're in. Because if businesses are thriving, the community will thrive. So that's really our why. Love that. And I love how, you know, you're talking integration and geeky type stuff, but at the same time, you're talking how do you take that data and how do you actually make sense of it? And you got to have a person in order to do that, right? That can mm -hmm. actually make that make sense for that entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So, and I mean, our clients are great. Like our construction clients right now, like they've had a, a wild year as well, right? Like all the supply chain stuff and just managing inventory and jobs and POs and that whole environment has changed in the last year or two. And so I feel like our team has a really unique opportunity to be able to be the helper. And so I think accountants naturally mostly have like servant hearts and want to be helping people. And so I feel like 
we get to come to work every day and just get paid to like help others. And so as long as we can keep that frame of mind that it's, you know, if God gives you this ability, like how are you using that to help others? And if you're in that headspace every day, it doesn't feel like work. And so I think that's our job as the leaders of the organization is to help connect that why. Because if you think you're just like closing books and sending financials, like it's pretty unexciting, you know? So speaking of, we talk about this all the time on Aggie Growth Hacks, you know, what your big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Your BHAG. What's your big, hairy, audacious goal? <laughs> you know, I was trying to think, like we tell our team, we actually have, it's called a vision traction organizer, but literally our vision we've told people is we want to be a $10 million company with 65 people that we love working with. And we want to have the best team members and the best clients. That's where we're going. We're not trying to build the next like regional firm. That's not our goal. Uh, we want to stay like a small boutique relationship firm. Like that's always what we've been. And so we're like 10 million, you know, the best 65 people and the best 200 clients. And so it is very clearly defined. Like that's literally where we're headed. And we measure that every quarter and we let the team know where we're at, like on goal. And the great part is we're like, you know, once we, once we get there, then we can decide like what services we want to provide and what clients are the right fit. And do we need to make any adjustments and how can we invest in our team members and training development and things like that. And so, and it's funny because three years ago, that goal felt like so like the BHAG goal. And now we're probably like three years from actually hitting it. <laughs> so, so now when I say it, I'm like, it doesn't feel like a BHAG anymore, but like three years ago, it really was. And so, but I think that's part of why it's important to define what the goal is because like, we've actually been able to look back like at our strategic meetings from before and just be like, Oh my gosh, like the team's come so far. It's so cool. So yeah, it's like define it so you can go chase it. Right. But then there's nothing that says that when you get to that 10 million, that you can't change what you're behaving. And, and it may be like, like you said, maybe, Hey, we're going to stay boutique, but we're going to, we're going to change some things to make it a better quality of life for our customers, a better quality of life for Correct. our teammates and to be able to really find ways to, so you're going to take all that energy and creativity that it took mm -hmm. to get to a revenue goal and take it into an impact goal. That's Absolutely. really amazing. Absolutely. I, I like that thought of having like the impact goal, you know, and, you know, once we do get there and I, and I think, you know, the business can have such an impact for clients, community, team members, and what could that be? And, you know, just kind of blue sky thinking around what that's going to look like when we get there. Uh, one service line that we're excited about is our implementation group is we're really um, starting to focus on ERP implementations, which is a new service line for us. And we're just seeing our clients kind of outgrowing like What's the small QuickBooks type. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's like, um, gosh, it's enterprise risk. Gosh, I should know what that even means. It's funny. I'll have to get back to that. You're going to have to cut that out later because I don't remember. But Protocol, an ERP yeah. platform <laughs> is just kind of like your full platform where it integrates like your accounting, your operations, your sales, and it's all like in one system. Enterprise. Planning. Resource planning. Risk. Enterprise resource planning. Thank you, Chris, with the Google. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what that stands for. So, um, so we're actually uh, focused on implementing uh, Sage Intact is a software that's really great for like construction nonprofit primarily. And then Uninet is an ERP that we recommend for government contractors. It actually automates a lot of their reporting requirements. And so it can spit out like their indirect rates where they're at on their contracts. Their project managers have access to information they need in real time, stuff like that. And so what we've discovered in the small business space is really that operations to accounting, again, to go back to the engineering example, like a project manager needs access to real-time data, like where he's at for that project expenses, where he's at for the contract and estimate and things like that. 
And the accounting team is usually like a week behind trying to get all the data, you know, available to him. And so what these ERPs help do is get everybody connected through one platform and it helps speed that up. And so we have probably four or five implementations we're doing for clients this year just to help them kind of get their system to that next level. And so our hope is that we can kind of continue to grow with our clients and make sure that they have everything their business needs to be successful, really. That is so cool. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for walking us through kind of your vision and where your guys are heading. But we're going to pause right now for a message from this episode sponsor. And we're back. Okay, so we are in the lightning round. We've got one rule in the lightning round. Each answer to the question is one minute or less. So what is your favorite hack? It could be a business hack, a personal hack. What are you doing that we need to learn about? This is very practical. It's probably boring, but there's there's this technology called SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X. And it's a it's an AI tool for your emails and it memorizes all your folders and what you need to see and what you don't need to see. And so it's kind of like having a personal assistant, like you can build out all your folders and it'll automatically know like what's urgent, what's not urgent. And so I think just that one tool, we've rolled that out across just like our upper level management. And I've had several of them tell me it saves them like an hour or two a day of email checking because it batches your emails in the right categories for you. So that's like, <laughs> I was thinking wow. that's a really boring tool, but it's, it's legit. Like we love it. So I don't know. We, we totally geek out on, on tools here. So that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, if you're an entrepreneur, it's worth it. Uh, right. It's like $12 a month and it saves hours of time with emails. It's really cool. That sounds like a, a really good value there for sure. Okay. Next question. What is the favorite advice you have ever been given and bonus points of 1,998 of how did you apply it? Oh gosh. Okay. So my parents, right. It's always been like treating others how you want to be treated. And it sounds very rude, you know, kindergarten, but I still feel like even if you have a company, lots of employees, things like that, it's, it's just treating people with dignity and respect and truly caring about them and what's best. So I honestly think as a leader of an organization, that's like number one. And then the second one, which is a Brené Brown quote, but a leadership group I'm in, we talk about it a lot, but it's, if you're uh, unclear, it's unkind. And so being very clear about expectations, what's expected of others, what success looks like in their role. Cause if it feels really nebulous and it's not clear, it's really not fair. Cause you might be in a situation as a leader where maybe you're frustrated about somebody's performance or you feel like somebody's not hitting that mark, but have you really told them what success looks like? Have you been willing to have that hard conversation? And, and so that's something that I think is a daily struggle is just being really clear with expectations and being willing to care about someone enough to give them hard feedback. But that is so hard to do sometimes. It's super so hard. hard. Like nobody wants to give somebody hard feedback. And what's ironic is, you know, maybe you care about somebody really deeply, so you don't want to give them hard feedback, but it's really unkind. And so that's what we're like. It's not the kind thing to do is not to pretend like it doesn't exist and not tell someone the truth. Shannon, what is your superpower? I am a connector. I We went to a um, leadership training as a team about two weeks ago. And they, um, you know, we took all these little tests and stuff. And I've taken lots of personality tests, but this one basically just called me a connector. And was said, my superpower is literally just meeting people and making friends easily. And so I never realized that was a superpower, but I think it is. But I, I actually genuinely care about pretty much every single person I meet. and. I don't know. I love, I love people and I love being around people. And so I think that that helps me in my role and really caring about my team and my clients and things like that. So I think that's my superpower. That's super cool. I love that. So what gets you out of bed and excited about going to work at your business? 
I believe that everybody's created for a plan and a purpose, right? And so everybody's been given skills, um, and that's part of my faith, but has been given skills to steward those skills and to help others with those skills. And so I think that I personally believe that this is what we're called to do as a family, my husband and I, and that that's like where God has us to like help others. And so I think for me, it feels like a calling. And also the team that I work with is just, they're amazing. And it's extremely humbling that people would want to come work for us. Sometimes I feel so like second guessing my own leadership decisions. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why would these people want to come follow me? And I think every entrepreneur has that loop at some point. And so um, I think it's really just the team that I have the privilege of leading and also the clients they get to serve every day. And I feel like it's been just a God-given calling on our lives for both my husband and myself. That is so powerful, Shannon. That's, thank you for sharing that. How can our listeners get in touch with you? How can they support you? How can they work with you? Well, I would love to hear from listeners directly. Uh, my, I mean, gosh, my email, I'd love people to email me and get to know them better. Um, badgercpa.com. So it's very easy. And if you go to like badgercpa.com, you'll find me right there and you can email me. Um, but I would love to hear from people or message me on LinkedIn. If you find me on LinkedIn, um, I always love making new friends and I would love to encourage either other entrepreneurs that might need help or feedback. If you're thinking about doing accounting, I actually have a, uh, one of my uh, son's teachers, her daughter is going to come shadow this summer just to see like what accountants do because she's in college and thinking that she might want to do that. And so she's going to come spend a day or two with us just shadowing. So, I mean, I would love to have anybody that wants to come visit or, you know, ch chat. I'm always available. So cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for coming on. We really, really appreciate your generosity and support that you're giving to us and all the Aggie entrepreneurs uh, out there that are listening Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was a privilege that you all reached out and asked. So thank you so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you too. Well, how about that, Ags? Was that pretty awesome or what? I got a lot of things out of Shannon on that. Um, how about you, Greg? I love just talking with her and just hearing her passion. Um, of course, just kind of being in the work that I am, I kind of nerd out and, and understand accounting a little bit, but to really see the changes that she and her team are embracing in the industry and how they have created a niche to be able to serve those entrepreneurs and to really, you know, empower them to let them do what they do best. But what really stuck out to me was just her faith throughout the entire company and how that is from the mission statement to being able to pray and support and help their clients, their customers, their teammates, everybody. But then I really, really loved the aggressive giving strategy. And so that's to be able to formally set that up as an entrepreneur to say, look, giving back to those in need, giving back to our community is so important that we're going to create a whole strategy and allow the team to speak into where they're going to give. That just made my heart sing. And I think, I think my jaw, my, my face is tired from smiling, you know, from the <laughs> entire time. Uh, what about you? So I agree on that. And I just love the overall energy that she had and just talking about one of the most boring things in the entire world, <laughs> right? No, not, I'm just kidding. But it is to me. Um, but accounting isn't that all that sexy, right? For the most part, but she, the way that she talked about it and really what stuck out the most was that treating others the way that you want to be treated. Right. And we've heard that a lot, honestly, lately, it seems like 
that we have heard that from entrepreneurs that that they're really focusing on people versus focusing on money and growing the company. And, and while all of those things are important, I think that really focusing on the people that one that you're helping and two on the people that are helping those people is super, super important. And the other thing that I really took away from her was being unclear is being unkind, mm-hmm. right? That yep. that's yep. that that was like I I wrote that down and started about three times, you know, because it is so true that if you're not clear on what you want or where you're going with the business or where you want to go with the business or even on what certain tasks or expectations are, then that really is being unkind to that person because they don't really know. How could you hold them accountable for that? So um, that was one, actually two things, I guess, being uh, unclear and, well, being clear, not being unclear and treat people like you want to be treated, the golden rule. Well, Ags, that's going to do it for this episode of Aki Growth Hacks. We hope that you enjoyed it. And we hope that you actually reach out and connect with Shannon to be able to learn from her, to be able to nerd out on accounting, to be able to just be encouraged by her and her team. We hope that if you're not connected with Chris and I, that you connect as well with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, wherever you're at. When you're on the interwebs, we hope you look at AggieGrowthHacks.com where you can hear this episode that we had. You can hear the previous episodes and all of our other great content. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, head on over to their website to find a program that's right for you. Just go over to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash McFerrin. Join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig them.